welcome back to Unemployed, the podcast for the unemployed. Uh, I don't know. These intros I keep getting even more and more dramatic with, but hey, what's up? Welcome back to another episode. Ellen, what's going on? How are you? I'm good. I hope everyone is getting some work out there. Yeah, it's a tough time. It's like, I feel like people who have jobs are like, I know I've been lucky. I've had work this whole pandemic. And I'm like, yeah, you have even before the pandemic. You're a lucky person. You really are. I'm glad you recognize. Uh, And then other people are like, I haven't seen a dime since fucking last March. Have you been busy at work? You have a job. You are one of the lucky people. It's getting busier. For sure. Yeah. Um, And I'm still employed, which is great. So no no complaints here. Yeah. Um, But yeah, um, I just saw that there's going to be a Willy Wonka prequel. And the first Mm -hmm. thing that I thought of was like the Oompa Loompas. And I was wondering. Which was basically slavery, right? That's what I was thinking. Like, (laughs) did they get paid? Were they like paid in candy? Did they eat candy? I think they were kidnapped. Dyed orange and green or whatever, right? Wasn't there like hair green or something? I think they were kidnapped. Mm-hmm. I think they were made to look exactly the same. But you know what? I don't think all Oompa Loompas are the same. And then I feel like he made them slaves. And then not only were they slaves, they helped him kill children, right? Isn't that the plot of what he really <laughs> Yeah, they were basically forced to do awful things. They did seem like they were in some sort of slavery or like indentured servitude. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if they'll address that in the prequel. Uh That would be, that would be the movie, right? The story of the Oompa Loompa. Oh my God. I mean, I'd watch that. Yeah. I feel like we should pitch that like a very dark trailer. And it's like you see like one Oompa Loompa, you know, one guy get turned into an Oompa Loompa. And then like he looks around and like all these other people are like Mm -hmm. being brought there and like transformed into looking like this uniform group of people. Wow. Wow, It's just like the Oompa Loompas before they were um, basically abducted by Willy Wonka, just living their lives as free Oompa Loompas. And then... (sighs) Willy Wonka finds them and ruins their lives. I'm turned on by this. I think we should. I think we should write <laughs> You're this. Turned on. By I think it. we should write. I'm like, oh, good art. Yeah, I think we should write yeah. this. This pitch. I think we should pitch the story of the Oompa Loompa. If yeah. you're out there, you know, I'm not shitting on the new Willy Wonka movie. I'm sure it'll be great. And you know what? H- hire me if you know you need a another Veruca, right? <laughs> Listen, I'm going to put this out there. I don't know if it's going to be great. Because remember the Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka? That was not good. No, it definitely wasn't. Colorful, sure. You know, it had that flair. But I would say, yes, you're right. It was not very good. Uh, You know what is good, Ellen? You got to see Promising Young Woman. I said it five minutes before this podcast. Oh, my God. And you know what? It is kind of a job movie. It is a job movie because she is she has a job, but she's also like doing another job that she like keeps private you know what i mean uh-huh. secret jobs job. secret you ever jobs. had a secret job before um i feel like i i have secret jobs right now <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah like you know there are some jobs i feel like i'll do that i won't really like talk about to people yeah. because it's just like a gig it's just like for money and like 
you know, it's not something I need to like post all over my social media. Yeah, like that's good. I would love a secret job, like a little side hustle that I don't feel like I need to talk about, but like I'm getting extra money. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Like sometimes if I like when you write stuff or like publish stuff, like they're not secret jobs because they're published and out there, but you know <laughs> what I mean? They're like, it's not, it doesn't feel like a job you have to like report to and, you know, work for yeah, like, yeah. it's like more fun and on your time and creative. I don't know if that counts as a secret job. Well, uh, yeah, I have to see Promising Young Woman. That's on that's on my list. I wanted to be a secret shopper. Do you know what they are? No. Secret shoppers? Oh, man. I should be a secret shopper. I should, like, look this up finally. Although no one's going to restaurants now. Like, when I worked in restaurants, secret shoppers are basically, like, critics. They come in and they judge everything that's going on from, like, the service to the food to the way people talk to each other to the cleanliness. And, like, so secret shoppers could, like, fuck you over if your restaurant sucks or not. And, like, there are always, like, you can tell if it's a secret shopper. They'll ask very specific questions that, like, the normal person might not ask, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's a – and I I worked in these places that had these secret shoppers come in, and I was like, that's my next move. I want to one day, like, show up to a hotel and be a secret shopper. I think that'd be so fun. That's kind of cool. So you work for, like, the CIA or something. Right. Of hospitality. Yeah. (laughs) You work for the CIA of steakhouses. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds Um, cool. I know. Maybe we could be secret shoppers. You'd be better at it. I'd probably be like too obvious. I'd be like, can you tell me the thread count on the on the banquette that my ass is sitting on? And they'd be like, <laughs> my ass is sitting on. <laughs> yeah, that's suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> it is. That's my secret job. I mean, seriously, my secret job is to post my ass on Instagram. I get paid in followers and I love doing it. So there you go. When Maybe are you going to sh- start showing your butt on TikTok? You're right. I really should. I'm scared I'll get kicked off. I oh. am. I'm going to record chapter four of my porno. Guys, if you have listened to this podcast for a while, find me on TikTok. I'm reading the porno I wrote when I was eight years old when I thought I was going to be a published author. Uh, it's pretty dirty. And chapter four I'm going to put out today, I think. And it took years for her to write this. So yes. it's really <laughs> it's epic. It's basically it's, boyhood. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Every year, a new, it a is new chapter. <laughs> it totally it's, is. It's girlhood, but I wrote about a lot of dicks, which is yeah. weird. I like dropped that on our Abby episode, and I don't think she caught. It. I was like, "Yeah, I drew a lot of dicks when I was younger," and she was kind of like, she glazed over it. And I, when I heard the episode back, I was like, "Oh, I, I did drop that in there." <laughs> she was like, "Okay, that's normal. I have a child." Right back to draw. <laughs> back to my jobs. <laughs> I am so excited for our guest today. He is a very, very funny comedian. He's a writer and he does voices on Big Mouth. He's also on Black AF on Netflix. And he was my first improv teacher. Oh, we've got Gil Azari Hello. on the pod. Hi. 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 How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Uh, you know, um, it's a pandemic. And uh, there was a coup. It and, is. Uh, <laughs> California's on fire. I'm fine. I'm doing all right. <laughs> These are words we never thought we'd say. Yeah. We were like, those are words of the past. Why would we talk yeah, about Yeah, exactly. That um, no, I'm doing okay. Oh, I'm my. doing all right. Thank you for yeah. having me. Thank you. I told Ellen, I like set you up big before this. We do a little intro before I bring you on. Okay. And I was like, Gil is responsible for my entire comedy career. You were, you were the one that, that <laughs> you were the first teacher I ever took at UCB. And, and 
that was it. That was like, that set me off. I was like, that's it. Professional, professional. I'm glad you enjoyed the class. I'm glad that was, yeah, that I didn't strip. I loved the class. I didn't turn you off to comedy completely. (laughs) No, that was the last time I ever thought I was good at improv. It was my first improv class. Is that usually? You were great, yes. Thank you. I said to Ellen, she's like, will he remember you? I was like, I hope so. I really (laughs) do. Of course I do. I remember every single person I've ever met. Wow. No, I'm, no kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. I do not. I thought you were gonna say every. <laughs> no, no. I was. Like, I went further. I went. I'll make. I'm. I remember every single person I've walked past on the street. Amazing. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Me too. And if you count, if 2020 is what? Yeah, 2020. We've, we've I've collectively been to four times. Past five people. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. So I wanted to talk. You're obviously you're a very successful writer wow. and actor, and you Thank are. You. You're killing you. it. I, I think. You know, it's fun to see like where you've gone since the UCB days when you were just. I a mean, lowly, you a just. lowly improv teacher. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was doing an internship in college. This is the reason I took your class. I was doing an internship in college. I don't know if I ever taught you that. Told you this, and uh, and my friend and I would go see Hot Sauce. Oh wow. On on Saturday nights, wasn't that your team? Was that am I right? We, we, Hot we sauce? were um, on Saturday nights. It was Ruru, but um, Death by Ruru. Oh. But yes, also we when, we would do. Hot, when was Hot Sauce? Hot Sauce was also around the same time. Yeah, we were. Yeah. I, I, it might not. It might. We might have had some shows on Saturday nights too. So you may be correct. I was. I saw a couple of the shows. Like and my friend was like, "Let's go back and see Hot Sauce." We became like groupies, I guess, for the summer. And then I went back to college. And when I moved to New York a year later, I was like, "I should probably do like a class Aww. at that at that theater." And then I saw like your picture, and I was like, "He's in that group. I'll take Aww. his." Class. That's awesome. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. No, I those were. Um, I mean, great times in my life. Lots of lots of lots of fun, and you know, those guys are still you know, really good friends of mine. Yeah. yeah. Do you still talk to a lot uh, of people from, from your, um, from UCB? And yeah. Stuff? Yeah, you do. UCB was like a, it was like my, like grad school. Right. It was like where I met people I write with and, you know, some people stayed in that world and some people went on and did stand up and sketch and whatever. So it was like, I don't know. I still have a lot of friends. It's from a there. real community. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> really, yeah. Or it was it a real was. community. It's I don't not know yet. What it is? It's gone now. <laughs> I think it's. It's gone. a dream now. <laughs> and, right. So I want to take it back to before your before your comedy days. I like to talk to people about all the jobs they've had, where you came from. Um, I want to know first of all. You grew up in New York. I did. Right? I grew up in Queens. Yeah. In Queens. Yeah. Okay. And did you ever work as a teenager or like, I did. do you remember your first job? Um, babysitter was probably my first job. Um, mm-hmm. Cousins and friend, family friends. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, wasn't, I, I don't think I was too great at it. I was, I've always been like an anxious, um, an anxious guy. And um, um, so I, 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 I was, I would always get nervous being alone with, um, like that I was going <laughs> to, that something bad was going to happen. One time I did call the cops, um, because I thought the, um, I thought the house was being, um, robbed and I, uh, <laughs> I, I, so I called the police and I, I hid in the closet while, and I did not wake up the, um, my, I was babysitting my cousins. I did not wake them up and just, I hid in the closet for like an hour until, you know, Everything I thought everything was going to be okay. I called call the police from like the closet, 
And um, they came up and it was nothing. It was just like some noise outside. There was no oh, evidence of anything. But you were so responsible. You called the police. I was so really responsible <laughs> that I did not go in, wake up my cousins. I just hid alone. That was, um, <laughs> you know, but now I'm a caring person. I'm a very caring person. So if I hear something outside, love- I'll run into my daughter's room and protect her. <laughs> I was going to say, I love when we talk to people who are now parents and they talk about their babysitting mm-hmm. days and they're like, I don't know why they left their kids with me. <laughs> oh my God. Totally. I'm like, <laughs> totally. I was not, I was not very responsible at all. Not I good. always had to babysit. I'm the oldest of three and I had to babysit my siblings always. And my parents left us at way too young of an age. Mm-hmm. And my dad, my dad thought he was funny. He's an evil man. And he, <laughs> I say that in, in the nicest okay. of ways, but he would, he would call me and be like, hi, this is the low, I'm from Lower Marion. It's outside of Philly. This is the Lower Marion Police Department and your neighbors have filed a, a noise complaint. Oh my God. And I'd be like, I'd be like, it's the police. <laughs> and it's my own father fucking with me. I'm like 12 years old. Like, guys, shh, we're loud. I'm like, we're watching like TV. <laughs> That's so funny. That's such a dad thing to do. Or like it's older brother ish, too. It is, it's pretty, you know, pretty fucked up. But I like it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So everything was fine. You, you they the kids never woke no, up. They no, never one got hurt. no one got hurt. Um, just, I just got <laughs> deeply embarrassed, you know, that I had called the police and, um, but. Were you just being nice to do this or did you want to make money? Like, were you like, I want a job? And they were like, um, I think it was a little bit of both, you know, make some money. And okay. also, um, they needed someone. So it kind of worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my sort of <laughs> first, those were my, my, my sort of first jobs. Um, was babysitting. Yeah. Um, and, um, I guess my first real job, I, I worked at Subway for a week, um, sandwich, Subway week. sandwiches for a week and got, got fired from there. Um, this was in high school. This happened? was in high school. I was just, uh, I guess I was incompetent. Uh, I just, I, <laughs> I didn't really want to be there. Um, it was a Subway, it was a Subway in Queens and I, I don't, I just was not, I guess, not good at my job. I wouldn't, I would show up late and stuff, um, which was like yeah. a running theme for my entire life is like showing up about 15 to 20 minutes late. Oh, me yeah. too. Are you a late person? Me too. Um, I'm a very late person. I feel like my friends, even in college, started telling me different times to like show up to places because <laughs> they were like, she'll be 20 minutes late. <laughs> like tell her it's, <laughs> tell her tell it's, it's t- earlier. Tell her it's earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've gotten better that. as I've and gotten I was older. Always late. Have you? Uh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know if I've gotten that much better. <laughs> <laughs> now I have. Now that I don't go anywhere, I'm great at. <laughs> I'm always on time. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing. There's no excuses either. At my day job, I used to have. I like. I was always late, and I'd be like. I'd be like, oh, the the six train. And like the woman who worked with me, she'd be like, yeah, I took the six train too. There was no delay. And I'd be like, mine was sick passenger. I'd just make shit up every day. You'd lie. Yeah. I would lie a lot too. In oh. jobs I had to, um, to get out of stuff. Um, later in like my, um, in, I had other jobs before this, but like I, I worked when, as a web designer, graphic designer, like to try to stay afloat while I was at UCB and worked for um, a web design company, but I had no idea how to design websites and stayed at this job for about a month and a half, something like Mm -hmm. that. But I lied about having this like 
like connect like this graphic designer connect and told them that I was working on the website for a month. Um, I made up this guy named Shep Englander. He was like some, like I told him he was like in DC and he's just like big graphic designer and we're working together on the project. And then I never handed anything in and got fired again. I was like, at this point in my life, I was just trying anything to sort of, I had no other like discernible skill. I had no skills. Um, I had, Did you go to school? I went to you, school for computer science, but I failed. I, 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 my dad sort of was like, I didn't really think that art or comedy were options when I was um, that age. And um, my dad said, you should go for computer science. And I went and I failed out of school because I was just, I didn't go to class. I didn't care. I was like, I'm not interested mm-hmm. in any of this. Um, and then I did that yeah. freshman year. I didn't go to, any, didn't go to any, I didn't show up to anything. Like, cause they were all the required classes right. and I didn't, I was like, well, people go out Thursday nights and like, I'm in, I'm in two musicals. I wasn't a theater major or anything, but I was doing the shows. <laughs> I was like, I'm so bad. And then I, they sent a note home that said I'm on academic probation and I'll just, my dad freaked out at me and I, I had to go in the summer to like raise my GPA. Oh my God. I took some like, some like acting class where I had to like breathe on the floor and they gave me an A and I was like, I'm back. I'm that's back. So I'm allowed funny. back to college. Yeah. I know. Yeah. That's how it was for me. I was, I, we have the same path. I was just like, I went to school, did not go to any classes whatsoever. I was also like sort of really quiet in high school and not, I didn't do anything like naughty. And so when I got to college, I was just <laughs> like, I don't care anymore. I'm doing whatever I want and uh, did not go to any classes. I had one of those like, square gpas where if you square them it's actually square the gpa it's less than the gpa is normally because it's like a decimal <laughs> point so i i i, okay. I was so, I, and then i failed out and had to take classes at um queensborough community college and then i i went back but i still didn't i still didn't switch my major i just i was like i need to finish mm-hmm. i didn't know that i could do other stuff so i went back and um so i i when i got out i really didn't know anything about computer science or anything um, so, uh, I just had to sort of get whatever I could. I can't believe you made up a name. Like I've lied on a resume, like, oh yeah, this company, I worked six, six years for those people yeah. and stuff, but you actually I said made stuff up. The only, re- the only reason I didn't get like charges brought up was like my, my father had, it was like a family friend and my father had said like, oh, he can do this or, you know, and so I went and they were furious. <laughs> That I didn't know what I was doing. Um, yeah. Funny. Oh my god! So after school, yeah. Did you start taking classes at UCB? No, before you, like- I mean, I've had other jobs. But when I was in, I had a lot of jobs in 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 school and in college. I I actually worked at a gas station in the um on the edge of the West Bank and in, in um in Israel. Um, I was uh, yeah for a few months. It was it was. My, I have a lot of my, my dad, um, was born in Israel and I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of family there and some, um, my aunt owns a gas station, like right on the border of the West bank. So it's sort of populated by really Orthodox Jews and Palestinians. And so, and, Mm -hmm. uh, um, um, a lot of, um, a lot of the, uh, workers there were Palestinian too. So it was like a really, uh, a great like learning experience and like, I yeah, bet. it was pretty awesome. I, um, I, uh, you know, changed oil and like filled up tanks and it was, it was, it was great. 
It was really great. I bet just like the people you met there. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was amazing. It was, um, it was, do you go back to Israel often? Um, I went a couple of years ago, um, to visit family. Um, but, Mm -hmm. um, and then a few years before that, but I mean, ever since the pandemic hit, we can't really go anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, um, but yeah, I meant that. I meant before the, in, the, in, the norm, in the normal, in the normal. Days. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I go back here and there when I can, every couple of years or so, to to see my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does your aunt? Is the gas station still? The gas station around? is still open. Yeah, it's still around. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I love that. Um, I've been on a plane since before the pandemic, which is. Are do you miss planes? A lot of people. No, I mean, I just, I miss going you places, miss going places, but I'm like. When, where was the last place weird. you went? I guess LA. Mm-hmm. I went to LA in like February. Oh, it was a great trip. You know, I went, I pitched a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I had all these great meetings. I followed up and then it was like March and it was like, uh, oh, We'll fuck. see you later. Yeah. <laughs> it was like done. Bad time. Anyway. Anyway, back to you and your jobs. Okay. So di- how long did you live in Israel for? Um, well, I lived there when I was a kid, when I was like, um, between like five and six and a half, but I lived there for the, uh, like the summer be- between like freshman and sophomore year or sophomore and, and mm-hmm. junior year. Um, and that, I also was like, um, a camp counselor around that time. Um, mm. uh, like a Jewish summer camp. Um, one that you went to Camp Eddie I yeah Edward Isaacs it's um in New York, um nice and um let's see I tried to get a job at Toys R Us during this time because <laughs> um, <laughs> I I mean like I had I didn't have too much specifically mo- Toys specifically R Us Toys R Us I was just like I didn't have that much money so I I was trying to I I just needed something I went and I didn't I, I got through the interview stage and and. I was excused during the interview stage because there's like, they ask you all types of scenario questions at Toys R Us because you're dealing with children. So I Uh was asked like, what would you do if um, a kid was screaming and crying that there were no Pokemon cards left? What would you do? And for some reason I was just like, well, I wouldn't hit them. And the guy was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) And, And that was it. He's like, okay, I think, you you need to go. <laughs> I don't know why. My, my they're writing on your yeah. chart. Violent violent <laughs> person <laughs> immediately went my to hitting. My eighteen year old brain was just like, "Well, I would do him, you know." It's just how like <laughs> stupid. So I um, didn't get that job. Um, so my like, I just had a bunch of like weird sort of jobs that like were like a month or a couple of months until I got out of school. Un- until I got out of school. At this point, while you were like ending school, did you know you kind of wanted to go into entertainment? No, I still yet? was like, I was always interested in comedy. I always sort of like wanted to try it, but I didn't, I didn't know that it was a viable option. No one really told me to, to go and pursue it. Um, so I, I never really thought of it as like, okay, you know, I should maybe try it out. It's, it, it, it took it took a few years after I got out of college for me to be like, maybe I should, you know, you know, I don't know, dip my toes in or something and see what it's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was that, so when I got out, what when, when I got out, I worked for a couple different, uh, I, uh, I, first I worked for a place called, um, takeout sweaters, which is like a, 
it was like a sweater. Co- it was like a sweater company, like a really shitty sweater company that did like, you know, like trade shows in the, at the Jacob Javits Center. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the design. I worked one of those. Shows. Did you? Oh my god, they were ridiculous. It was like wholesale, like shit clothing that would be sold to like all these like you know like TJ Maxx type of places or like play- yeah. all over the place. And the designer that I worked for was completely drunk. Um, all the time. Um, I think it was, I don't want to say his name. It was, but he was, he, he was a weirdo too. And he had like, I remember he had this like crazy voicemail outgoing message or whatever. It was like, he thought he was so cool. It was (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) the beep. And then it beeped. That was like his outgoing message. That is cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was really cool. And um, He was like, I'm not one of those regular boys, no, no, I'm a cool he was, voice. Yeah, exactly. And he dated like, you know, women that were like 20 years younger than he was. And um, he was, a, you know, a grossy, a real grossy gross. Um, How did you find that job? I found like, that job this? through a, my, a friend of my stepfather's, like, okay. you know, um, uh, you know, uh, rec- recommended me. Weird- yeah, I got recommend. I couldn't get a job on my own. Um, the only actually the, the job I sort of got, I, I stayed there for a while. I was like, I worked at these like trade shows. I was like doing like helping put it, the shows together, but I fucking, I hated it so much. Um, mm-hmm. And also um, at that time I started taking um, bartending classes. I was like, I am going to start okay. bartending. And I was just like, I'm going to make my own, you know, like I was going to, I thought I could make some money doing that. Um, And so I decided to do that. I I take bartending classes. I took bartending classes and then just got like for the next three years, got bartending job. Like I was a bartender in New York. Um, Me too. Were you? Where'd you work? Yeah. Oh God. Well, I worked mostly in restaurants, Mm -hmm. but the the first bar that trained me was called Three Steps. Okay. And it was like on eight. Street and oh, it was. Were awful. you like a guest bartender so too? Did you have to like bring people in, or no, or no? You were just like a sort of like a in training. I was like in training, uh-huh. and they put me on shitty nights, and they were like, "Do not say you have a boyfriend. If people want to buy you shots, you take it." And like the owners lived upstairs, and they were like, they were like friends with someone I worked at at the restaurant I worked at, and I remember being, I was serving then, and I was like, I want to bartend, and they were like, well, you gotta get, you gotta learn, and th- this bar will hire you, and I just remember it was awful, and they were so fucked up every night that they'd come down, they were so like coked out, they couldn't count the money, and I'd have to wait, and I'm like, the sun is coming up, like it's five a.m. Like oh <laughs> they were like, God. hold on, we gotta count the bank again, and they're like counting it out, and I'd make like no money because it was like. A Monday night, and I it was right, they awful. Gave you and all the I was like alone. Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sucked. Oh, it's it really tough. I mean, I worked at a couple. I worked at um when I really started to get better jobs. I worked at this place called Mad River, which was like a bar on the Upper East Side, and I would work like Saturday nights or um Friday nights and make like you know three or four hundred bucks for the night. Um, yeah, and also same thing. I would be completely wasted because I would have to take shots with everybody. And, um, and that was, that was okay. But I also, I also got this job at this place called Jilly's. So I worked for like about a year at this, at this, I don't know if you've ever heard of Jilly's, but it's Frank Sinatra's bodyguards bar. 
So he has this like he has this bar he has this bar called what yeah, <laughs> his bodyguard is was called Willie Willie Rizzo, and he had okay uh, or Jilly Rizzo his son Jilly Rizzo's son after Jilly died, um, his son Willie Rizzo Willie. Willie Rizzo opened a version like it started in Chicago. It's a very famous bar in Chicago called Jilly's, and it's even in Frank Sinatra's okay. songs. Um, uh, and so he. Like he he like name drops Jilly's a bunch in a bunch of songs, um, and I okay. only know this because Frank Sinatra was played, you know, incessantly mm-hmm. um, at this bar. <laughs> so it was a bar called Jilly's. On, it was on right on Central Park, like right um, on 59th and like seventh or eighth or something like that. Um, right there, or, or yeah, yeah, like right below Central Park. And at first, it was like a beautiful bar. I had to wear a tux, right? Um, <laughs> But no one, no one came to this. No one came to this bar during the week. Um, it was like sort of empty, and it was. It seemed like a front for <laughs> for something bad um, because yeah. <laughs> at one point there was like there was like a you know, someone like took out a gun um, and held up like some other you know some other guy. And we had to like drop below the bar. It was like really fucking scary. They would like, they would marry all the bottles of alcohol, which is illegal. They would pour like kettle one into, or Finlandia into kettle one and ask us to like fake all the um, alcohol. And there were Mm. people, there were also people who would like call us out for it. Um, But it was, oh shit. But like also next door, there were a lot of famous people who came on the weekends. So we would have like mm-hmm. Mike Ditka, you know, um, he was like a, a, a head, mm-hmm. the head coach of the Chicago Bears. James Gandolfini would be in there almost every weekend. Um, and all mm-hmm. the CBS like sports, it was like right next to the CBS sports building. And so yeah. after they finished work, they would come over and get trashed, like famous, you know, um, <laughs> sports stars and uh, and uh, sports casters. Um, mm-hmm. it was such a bizarre, weird mix of people. Um, and lots of like, lots of, uh, weird, like threatening, you know, machismo at this place. It was really weird. It was also <laughs> it was like a cigar bar. Um, Joe, Joey, you know, Joe Piscopo SNL. Yeah. He, I know yeah, the name. Joe, I don't, he was, he I was don't. on like Eddie Murphy times around Eddie Murphy times. He okay. did, a, um, Frank Sinatra, before like Phil Hartman did it on SNL. So he uh-huh. came over to the bar and this was my first foray into comedy because someone at the, someone at the, um, one of the cocktail waitresses um, at this mm-hmm. bar told me about UCB at this bar. So um, the Joe Piscopo was a regular there and he also was like, he was like, uh, I, I would do this impression of the owner of the bar for all the bartenders, for like all the bartenders and all the like owners and for the owner. Um, and they would like, they would, they would ask me all the time to do it. Cause for some reason I was like, this is the only impression I could do, um, legitimately. <laughs> and so Joe Piscopo asked me to do this, uh, the impression of the owner. And then he gave me like a $50 tip and asked me like, if you want to come to Comic Strip Live in New York and do a set, I can get you on. Because and 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 I was like, oh, I was I was sort of like that was when I sort of started to get like interested in in comedy. And I went um, to do it. I only went to do like stand up once or twice because I I just it it didn't like excite me as much as improv did um, right at the beginning mm-hmm. there. Um, 
So that's yeah. what I that's what I sort of did um, right before I started UCB. That's it was a wild. wild. It was a wild he bar. Was the one who was like, yeah, it was it was it was pretty wild. It was like dangerous and fucked up a, a, a place to stay. And then eventually, like they couldn't make, they couldn't get anybody to come, and they had to close the place down. It was weird. I thought you were going to say you found out there was like they were selling drugs and the they were selling. It just like. seemed so. It was really. It was. It was weird and scary. And um, but it was like it was also very fun. Um. Because you felt like Tony Bennett was there t- two nights a week, like performing at the piano. And it was just like, you saw all these like weird wow. things. It felt like you were in a bar in the 50s. I was just like, this is so mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, I'm wearing a fucking tuxedo and serving like John Elway <laughs> at the bar. Um, but then it was also like a mess. Like it was horribly run. and But it was, it was uh, an experience. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. I had one night as a bartender. When I was in LA, I was bartending at this place called BLT Steak. Mm-hmm. It was like a steakhouse. And we they told us that they were like, hey, uh, InStyle Magazine bought out the restaurant for the Oscars. So we're going to have the InStyle Oscars party like here. And I was bartending. And so it was all TV stars who oh, came. Wow. And like, I just saw all these crazy celebrity, like I, you know, I had lived in LA, I lived in LA for like a year and I had seen all these people and I was just like, oh my God, like who gets so drunk and, you know, who, yeah. who's pretty chill. I love, I love that. I love to see like people in their like real element. There was a fam- a very yeah. famous football star. I will not say the person's name, but that came in oh. and got completely trashed with someone who is not his wife. And he's sitting there with like his girl, this this girl at the bar, and he was his eyes were like, this vain, extremely famous like uh, football star, and was just like mm-hmm. um, there was a, a, a another female bartender with me behind the bar, and he he goes he goes come here over to me at the this is like three <laughs> o'clock in the morning he goes I can smell her pussy from over here. Oh, and I was just like okay. oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> and we had to like kick him out of the bar. I wish I could tell you oh, his no. name. It was such a like it's so it was so mm-hmm. awful. It was like that was Oh my god. That was there the epitome were, of that. That's crazy. Yeah. The night of this party, there was one guy who who had so many shots and just kept buying shots. And I remember looking at my boss being like, Should I still keep like it was an open bar? Right. So right. I was like Should I keep yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, should I still keep giving this part? And he is maybe one of the most successful people in animation. <laughs> you know who he is uh-huh. too. I don't. You, I, you, you, don't, you don't have to. Don't you know, you don't have to tell me. It, it's up to you. Okay. Is it Army Army Hammer? It. It's Army Hammer. It's Army Hammer. <laughs> yeah, let's no, let's bleep it, Ellen. Yeah, Can we bleep, bleep it? it? Are you ready? Uh huh. Like. Like nonstop. I, I was worried for him. I was like, I hope someone drives him home. Right, like, right, right. It's just like. <laughs> Meanwhile, Tay Diggs came up to me and asked, "What's in a Manhattan?" And I just remember being like, "Is he fucking with me? He's Tay Diggs. He doesn't know what's in a Manhattan." And then he was like, "I'll take a gin and tonic." And I was like, "What? <laughs> okay." That's so funny. <sighs> it was a wild night. It was my. It was my wild LA. Bar- being a, I mean, night being cause... a bartender is like just great story after great story i feel like it's just oh yeah yeah you just come away with like a lot of great experiences it's really like you learn about people so so, i mean it's just so funny to see yeah what are we gonna say this girl 
the shittiest bar, the one that trained me in New York on 18th Street, this place, Three Steps, that was awful. Um, this It was like a very dive bar. This girl who worked there, who was like friends with the owner, and she was like very like, she was very hot and had like big blonde hair and was always in like the lowest cut. She's like, this is how you have to dress for this kind of a job. And I was like, okay. And one night, like this bar where no one came in, she's like, my friends are coming in tonight. So like, it's going to get a little busy. She wasn't working. And she came in with the DC Nationals, like the whole fucking oh my baseball God. team. Wow. She was like, I'm hooking up with the pitcher. So like just a couple guys are coming in. And I just remember it was like my third week bartending. And I'm like, I don't know how to make... Uh, any drinks yeah. yet like and all these big athletes are like in front of me being like so hey funny. hey hey and I was like I was like oh my god I know She's, like, it's, it, bar, it really like, is like it's a lot of pressure when people ask you about a drink you have no idea about you're just like uh-huh just like why can't you order a fucking Coors Light asshole you know? <laughs> I, I would lie a lot I'd be like we're out of we're out of that we're out you of that yeah the wine <laughs> Yeah, I'd sell I'd sell the wines that were twist off tops, you know. I'd be yeah. like the Sauvignon Blanc, man. Oh, that's so, so weird. Good. I see that behind you. I see it behind you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fake. It's not real. It's a, it's a toy bottle. Yeah, we marry these bottles. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want that. Yeah. You don't want that tequila. That's not right. Oh my god. Um, but bartending, don't you feel like there there was a point where I was worried it was all I was ever going to do? I was like, the money the money gets easy as you get better at it and you get better shifts and you're like, huh, easy night. Like, am I going to make that much money anywhere else? I, I know. I feel worried I was never going to leave. I mean, well, the thing that sort of took me out of it was I couldn't do it if I wanted to do comedy because it was at night. And so I was just like, I night, can't. Yeah. I was like, I can't. If I want to perform, I can't. I can't be doing this. So I had to find a way to get something that to get a job that was sort of like more flexible in terms of schedule. So then that's when I sort of mm-hmm. taught myself how to do like graphic design. Um, and so that's what I started to do after, you know, after the bartending stopped and I started taking UCB classes before I was able to like Is- teach at UCB because that took a number of years, uh-huh. you know? Um, yeah. I was going to say, is this, this is after your your first stint in graphic design, or or this? Yeah, no, this was this was this, that story was part of this. Um, so I would oh, I, I started to like do I started to um, I taught myself how to do graphic design, and I worked for this company for a while called Tudor Investment. It's one of the like biggest hedge funds. Um, okay. Um, it's owned by this. Um, it was it's owned by this guy named Paul Tudor Jones, who's one of the most successful hedge fund managers in the world. He's like a multi, multi-billionaire. Um, and my uncle is another way I got like, my uncle worked in the facilities department for this guy. So not in like okay. the hedge fund side of it, but like he, he like helped build the buildings. He was in like construction and um, uh, he was an electrician too before that. So he sort mm-hmm. of like, he worked in that, and that side of it. And somehow he sort of like, hired me to like do like graphic design for the facilities part of the website. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. He was just sure. like helping his, I love like how, he's how, helping his such nephew. a Jewish family where you're like, it was not a real thing. I just needed something. And like my uncle helped me out in that situation. Um, and you know, I, from the facilities thing, I sort of like, did graphic design for other, um, for other like, um, people in the, 
in the corporation. So this was like, they had this like mm-hmm. huge um, office in Greenwich. Um, and I would take the train out there the, um, uh, from uh, Grand Central. Um, and mm-hmm. I would, uh, and I, I didn't, I really also. The Metro North. Yeah, the Metro North. And I didn't know what I was really doing either. I sort of was like just bullshitting my way through this stuff and then started to do like graphic design for like other like websites. I started to do it for like um, some synagogues in New York and some other people who needed it. And then I would start to do graphic design for like flyers at UCB, like, because that was Mm -hmm. just a way for me to sort of make money. Um, And I, um, and yeah. And then it became the thing there. You can't have a show without a flyer. No, you can't can't have a show without without a flyer and everyone needed one. And there was like, um, uh, I don't know if you know Dynamo at, um, at UCB, but she Mm -hmm. used to, she did flyers too. And so, um, uh, there was um, a point where it was like her and me were doing a lot of the flyers at UCB. Um, and it was, hel- you know, it helped me sort of, I-, I learned Photoshop, you know, because of it. And it helped me get like others, like I started to apply for stuff on Craigslist and, and all that stuff, get, get jobs um, as a graphic designer because of like learning through UCB, you know, how to do it. That's great. Yeah. And it's on your time. Yes. So you can like, I don't know if you, if you were like auditioning for stuff then or whatnot. Yeah, like, like commercial auditions and worst. stuff. Yeah. And, and it was like freelances. It was the best thing I could have done. Um, so it was, yeah. it was, it was great. I, I got to make my own schedule and, um, and I didn't have to, at, at some right. point I didn't have to bullshit about a job because I could actually do the graphic design. You know, it's sort of like, I've always drawn my entire life, like illustrated. Um, and so, mm-hmm. It sort of was like, a, you know, it connected something that I love to do it was like art. And it was sort of interesting to me. It wasn't like, you know, bart- I wasn't doing it, you know, I was doing it for money, but it wasn't like bartending where I had like, you know, no interest in it at all. Um, right. You're just counting down the hours till you can. Yeah. I mean, it had like it had like an artistic and creative <laughs> aspect to it. You know what I mean? So I was like, for sure. Okay. Yeah, it was. um it was, it was good. And I still use it like that stuff to this day for like comedy stuff. Um, I still yeah, use I was like gonna say, I'm sure it's coming very helpful. Even when you make like a video for something or whatever, like yeah. you have those skills, you know, if you I ever need to, need to put like, uh, Bernie in a picture, you know, <laughs> I can do it myself. Wow. Are you, yeah. are you planning to do that? Are you going to do I, one of those? I, maybe, maybe in a few months I'm thinking about <laughs> it. <laughs> You know, it feels like he won the election. It almost feels like he won. That's like it's like <laughs> such a um, runner-up prize. It's like you you get to be in a meme that goes like completely viral. Right? Like, aren't you happy? Although now I'm seeing yeah, <laughs> now I'm seeing people tweet. They're like, "Enough with the Bernie memes! Like, it's over. It's tired." And I'm like, "Look at the shit we've lived through this year. If someone wants to put a Bernie meme in their fucking family yeah. photo, let them. Let them <laughs> the, have their time." I mean, this cycle is so quick. It's just like. It goes, it's like everywhere. And then it's like, sh- everyone shut the fuck up. Stop talking about it. It's, it's like, we realize it's been a day, you know, and it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, oh, I know this. It's so crazy. It's so crazy how quickly we go All through All these stuff. memes. Yeah. Even on TikTok, I, you know, that the, you know, this is so off topic. You know, the tortilla challenge on TikTok? Have I do know. I have not. What challenge? is it? basically like a way to make any quesadilla or anything but you like slice it like one way and then you like fold it around all the different corners okay. and like there were 
tons of these tortilla challenges and I was really into it and I watched a lot of them and I was like, I'm going to do them with candy. And I bought all this candy. (laughs) I didn't make it. And like every day my boyfriend's like, hey, we have a counter full of gummies and marshmallows and all this shit. Like, are you going to do this video? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm like, ah, I don't know. It's not, it's not trending. It was 48 hours. It was a lot of TikTok. It's too old. It was a lot of tortilla. Now you're just eating the candy and that's it. I'm just going to look old on TikTok if I try it. Yeah. So I opened the candy. I ate like a whole bag of Sour Patch Kids yesterday. I was like, it's worth that it. Sounds to good. Just have I think these. I saw like a Tostitos <laughs> ad for one of those. So that's when you know it's over. Oh. When, like, yeah. When the brands when are doing it. For- yeah. When the brands are doing it, that's how you know. It's like, yeah. okay, let's move on. Exactly. Yeah, I saw a woman du- double it up, and I was like, "Oh, people are getting way too creative." I'm, I'm done. I, it's yeah. <laughs> Once you see like Hostess cupcakes have Bernie sitting on one of the cupcakes, you're like, "Okay, I'm done." Yeah. Well, that's like Amazon did um, a Bernie meme. Oh, that's right. I saw that. And that I was saw that. yeah, yeah. They did. AOC retweeted it, and it was like, "Well, let your workers uh, form unions now." Yeah, it was like the nerve. Yeah. They don't even let their workers like piss. Yeah, and just like we're gonna have fun with like the only person who's fighting for yeah. who workers decided rights. to do that <laughs> on their own. Such a stupid <laughs> move. So dumb. You know, if this were the real world, I feel like someone would be sitting in Times Square dressed as Bernie, like like just doing that for like photos. You know what I mean? Like they'd just yeah. be sitting in the middle of Times Square, like one of the characters, but they're just like Bernie in the mittens. If people were allowed <laughs> Maybe to do it on other, you should. You're in New York. If I were there, <laughs> I, I would do it right now. <laughs> I haven't been to Times Square since last year. <laughs> oh, man. Are there a lot of people in That's Times Square? That's the weirdest thing. I wonder if there are. There must be, right? Like... I don't know. I haven't taken a train since March. Like I haven't. So I I don't know. know, I take an Uber if I have to go in and I go into work. It's just downtown. So it's like, it's so weird. It's so weird. I haven't seen like Midtown really. I don't know. I feel like it's gone. (laughs) I know it's I went to Midtown um, during the summer and it was great because there was because i wanted to go to central park so i would bike from bushwick to central park just you know for something to do and it was amazing because there were not there was no one in midtown so you could just bike down the middle of the street it was so fun wow yeah yeah sounds fun actually it's good i feel like i've moved out of new york even though i'm here it's like it doesn't feel like i live here anymore it's weird no that's that's how it feels about la too i mean i rarely get to see it so it's just like the inside of my my house. It's just so bizarre. (laughs) So I want to know when you got very involved at UCB, when you started like teaching and you were on these house teams and stuff. Sure. UCB, for the people I've talked to, seemed to provide uh, very weird casting calls, right? And like a lot of people did some weird, did you do any of those weird gigs where they're like, we need improvisers, you know? We need funny Um, people to do some. Yeah, I did a few like a few weird things. I, I don't, I mean, there was like some TV stuff that I can't even remember, but I did like, I also did like tour stuff um, for UCB. I did this, like mm-hmm. I did this show with Ben Schwartz and um, another comedian. Um, her name is Jackie Clark. I don't know if you remember her. She was on death by Ruth. Yeah. And she, um, she, we, we did this show at um, purchase, um, uh, university and it was like 3000 students and we had to host this like music festival. And, um, it was 
one of the worst gigs I've ever had in my life. They were <laughs> screaming, throwing shit at us, screaming at us. They hated us because they just <laughs> why because they just wanted the music to come on. Um, it was like Girl Talk oh. was performing, and I forget who else, but it was just like they couldn't stand us, and we were doing like these horrible <laughs> bits on stage, and they were it was just like three thousand kids. <laughs> Just like going, you fucking suck. Get the fuck out of that. It was just oh like that. God. And you're trying to do some like weird. <laughs> a lot of that. Um, I, it is hard to throw improv into any other show that's yeah. not improv. Yeah. Like even on like a stand up open mic and like a team of three people come up and they're like, hey, we're going to we're going to do an improv set for you. And everyone's like, no, oh. yeah. I like, mean, it's, it's inherently and then you corny go- to begin with. <laughs> And so then doing it at like a concert with like 3,000 people who are like right. 18 years old who just like, it's so bad. It's so bad. We also did a show, I think at like, oh my God, I forgot what, it was a place in New York. It was like a concert hall in New York that starts with an H. God, it's a famous place. I don't remember now the name, but like uh, Harmony. H. Oh God, I, I don't remember. Um, but Harmony Club? No, it wasn't no. a Harmony. Yeah. The Harmony Club. Um, uh, I don't. Rem- my boss, my old boss, belong there. Um, but I, I don't. I'm trying to look it up, but I won't do it. Um, but it was like it was. It's just awful to perform at like a music venue or like a venue that's not in for specifically for improv. Right, but then you walk into like DCM and it's like a show on the big stage and people are losing their minds and it's like you're at a concert. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine a person who doesn't know that world is like, is this, what is this cult? Like, yeah. What is this group? <laughs> no, that's how, um, that's, I, I think one of the first shows I saw was like a marathon show. Um, and I, I walked, this was at the old, old, old UCB theater and, um, saw Amy, um, performing. Um, it was like an ass cat and, um, mm-hmm. and that sort of got what, what got me hooked. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was very into it. And then I, I started realizing I was better at performing on my own. Like I still always I did UCB up through the, you know, advanced study, whatever it was. But I didn't like I didn't really audition that much for Harold. I was kind of like, I'm not an improviser. I enjoyed right. it. I loved what I learned. It helped in all auditions and whatever and like writing. But like, you know, I was glad I learned that about myself. I didn't. Yeah, totally. I didn't, like try after i realized i sucked at it i didn't like continue i was like all right anna you you did what you yeah did. you sort of <laughs> learn what you're good at and like what you want to do and like what's interesting to you too you know um yeah and that yeah i mean it also helps like i i sort of really learned that i just want to sort of make my friends laugh and that was like the way i would have fun on stage because i was always so nervous before improv shows especially at the beginning i would get like sick like three or four days before and I could not I couldn't go out there and then when I started to just make it about like making my friends laugh on stage and just having you know that that's when I sort of um really started enjoying it well from what I remember you always you guys always laughed so hard like you you could tell you guys just enjoyed yeah you sort of forget that the audience isn't there and you're just like doing it for yourselves Yeah. yeah Yeah. So, okay. So you, you do UCB for a lot of years, right? You taught a lot of classes classes, and everything. Did you have any kind of like job that was like your break out of UCB where you're like, Oh shit, I'm going to like really do this. Yeah. I, 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 my first gig was at, um, a show. I mean, I did some commercials, but, um, my Mm -hmm. first gig in comedy was a a show called Starveillance. It was a show 
on the E network by the guy who did celebrity death match. Um, and so he, it was like a show where like me and Ben were the voices. It was claymation and me and Ben were the hosts. Um, we sort of, uh, we got the job together. I think we auditioned together and then it was all sketches with people like about celebrities with, um, out of, you know, clay. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, oh, this is it. You know, we've done it. It was on for like six episodes <laughs> and that was it. And like, no one knew it was me because I was like a fucking clay doll. And, um, but that's it cool. Was cool. It was cool. Um, and it was my first gig. Um, and so that was my first, yeah, that was my first. And then I sort of moved out to LA, which was my real, real first job, I think. Um, and that was for happy endings. Oh, yeah. right. Such a funny show. Thank you. And like you got to work on it with like people you knew too. Like that was yeah. With, that's the dream, I imagine, to like work with your friends every day. Um, it was great. <laughs> um, you know, um, Adam Pally was in the in the cast, um, and I was a, a writer's assistant when I first came out here, um, and then mm-hmm. you know uh, eventually became a writer. But it was like one of the um, it was one of the best jobs, and you know, um, in retrospect. Uh, and an incredible job because the people were so incredible. It was really, it was really fun to be with because they were nice, um, which, you know, is pretty rare. Um, I think out here, um, Mm -hmm. to work with, like when you get it, you know, you sort of, um, have to be grateful because there's a lot of people who work out here who are, you know, who could be, (laughs) um, not so nice. Name names. Let's see. Uh, Bleep them all out. Who should I not work with? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just like you, you just want like you realize how important that is to, you know, to the job and to sort of being creative and funny is like enjoying yourself um, and yeah. like enjoying the people you work with. Um, and, you know, that's. That's yeah, sweet. it's more. That's nice. you know, it is. It's, it's more important, <laughs> I think, to me now. It's like I'd rather, I'd rather work with good people than work on a good show. But hopefully, you can do both. And like at Big Mouth, I, I'm lucky enough also to have like, I'm working with like really, really sweet people, and the show is really um, fun to work on. It's like creatively fulfilling. So. It's so good. I'm so thrilled we're at camp now. Like I, I was so excited for. I was like, they gotta go to yeah. camp, and like now that's my bread and butter. I was like, oh, me man, too. I'm I mean, so as a as a former counselor, it is uh, going to um, a camp is like. I mean, it's it's such. It was so <laughs> part of my childhood too. So yeah. yeah, it was great. How did Big Mouth come about? Like, because have you been on it for all the? Seasons? I was on. Have I started on, on the fifth episode of season one um we're now okay. um working on season six um it uh oh it started from um the, the the creators andrew uh goldberg and nick kroll um are were friends in in school um they've been friends mm-hmm. since like um you know middle school um and they they I think Andrew had the idea. Um, and he also works with Mark and, uh, Mark Levin and Jen Flackett, who are also co-creators of the show. And they came to Nick with this idea. Um, and he immediately started like talking as this hormone monster when they had this like idea to physicalize, you know, um, puberty for hormones. Um, and Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, they, it, they sort of like, 
I think it's like a great place to like mine for comedy. And there's a lot of like, a lot of, uh, everyone sort of has like an emotional, like really hard, tough story from puberty. So it's, there's a lot there. There's a lot to work with. And yeah. 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 It's so fun. Do you have to do it all over Zoom right now? Or everything's over Zoom right stuff? now. Yeah. Everything's over Zoom. Um, <laughs> That's hard. It's hard. It's hard. To, yeah. It's hard to stay um, focused, but they, they do a good job of like taking a lot of breaks and, you know, keeping yeah. us, yeah, not keeping us too late. So. That's cool. Yeah. Do you voice the characters on this I voice a few. Season? Yeah, I voice a few of them. I, I voice, um, I don't know if you remember uh, Brad. He's Jay's, one of Jay's pillows, the cushion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I voiced him. I voiced Missy's glowworm. Um, and nice. yeah, a few other, um, a few other characters. I love it. Um, cool. Well, Ellen, wait, we wanted to play a quick game. Will you play a quick game with us? Yes. It's, it's not really a game. To. It's just sort of asking you a question. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is so fun, but I, I always like doing this kind of stuff with people who are good at improvising. Okay. Ellen, okay. what's the what are the best. jobs? So we've been today. looking up jobs that no longer exist anymore. Um, so I have a few here. <laughs> These are like really, really old jobs. Like they're okay. probably like <laughs> from like some of these are from the fifteen hundreds. Oh wow. So I don't know. This one will be weird, <laughs> but like let us know out of these three jobs, which one se- seems like the coolest to you. Like I would do this job that never okay. doesn't exist anymore. Okay, so the first one yeah. and they're all kind of British too because apparently <laughs> like the weirdest old jobs that don't exist are all British. Um okay. so the first one is called a res- resurrectionist. Uh Mm-hmm. And you probably you might have heard of this if you like true crime podcasts. I, this is, I've heard of them through true crime podcasts. I don't know what this um, is. It's basically a person who is paid to go like dig up bodies and then they would sell them to um, to is to it people. Like medical? Yeah, for medical uses. Yeah. Okay, so uh. that was the first one. Pretty fun. Um, second one is called a knock. <laughs> Nobbler, which is very British sounding. Um, uh, and this is sounds actually, dirty. Sounds dirty does, to me. Yeah. A <laughs> the uh-huh. British have like a knack for making like it's a male prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have a real knack for that sort of thing. But okay, so this it's someone who digs up dick. It's a knock nobbler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everything has to do with digging things, digging Dig dead things up. This one is actually <laughs> so. This person was. Uh, paid by a church to get rid of unruly dogs and children during uh, worship. So it'd be like somebody who'd get rid of like dogs. So a babysitter. They would like kick dogs and children out of the church during during services. And then the unruly last unruly dogs. <laughs> Why are there dogs hanging around churches? All because it was the if the 1500s and yeah. uh, dogs were just running wild. Okay, here's the, wow. the last one. It's pretty okay. straightforward forward these are good ellen <laughs> they're so ridiculous the last one is really straightforward it's just a witch hunter everybody knows what a witch hunter was they had a lot of power they'll sure. be like this guy's a witch get him out of here you know burn with the stake i think right. that there there are still self-proclaimed witch hunters yeah. i believe modern that, witch hunters that exist on yeah. TikTok, they're called republicans yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah those are your three uh, options uh which one would you i'm going resurrectionist you're gonna whoa okay oh wow which oh, hunter seems like like a like a an awful job to me 
it seems like you're like a <laughs> just a dick. Um, and um, the unruly dogs and children. I just don't like lumping dogs and children into a group. <laughs> they're the same. Into um, so one, they're the same. Like, get them out of here. Um, it, I was like, I would do that job. You would do that job. I mean, it's the one that's not, you're not like desecrating dead bodies. I, I mean, it, it was, was do the resurrectionists go to like people's, are they robbing it? Is it like grave robbers? Or are they like digging up? Like yeah, it bodies was like, that they're supposed to be digging up. No, <laughs> I, don't I know think what that it was definitely even. like illegal until <laughs> it was illegal. Yeah, they but but it was like it was just a thing because it hadn't been um, turned into an actual thing where like you can take this body and like cut into it. I think it was like a probably a religious thing. Like you're not supposed to like desecrate bodies. Right. So for a uh, while, like yeah, resurrectionists had to like do it under like the cover of night and yeah, but. It, it Doctors seems like needed the, bodies. dangerous and fun to me. I would do that, even though I would probably <laughs> not be able to do it because of – I just feel like I would be punished in some way, in some weird <laughs> – some weird moralistic way just because I'm, I'm – it would be freaky to dig up dead bodies, but it would also be, I feel like, dangerous and fun. Yeah. Get some fun tales out of that that job. Yeah. Exactly. Just like being a bartender. Fun, yeah. You good know? jewelry. Exactly. <laughs> They're similar. It would give me a story. You probably had to – Ship some dead bodies out of a bar at some point. Or time. Yes, it's the same job. Same <laughs> so similar. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Gil, this was so fun. Thank you for joining us and telling me about your history. I love. I didn't know you were a bartender. Hey. I didn't know your story. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you for I having me. I appreciate you. I appreciate um, you too. What- and you were you were the best improv class I had. Oh, that thank was you. when I thought I was I was great at improv. I'm, gl- uh, I'm glad, and it was because of you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, but seriously, I still have best friends from that class, and so we always are like Gills one hundred and one. Like oh. there are four people I talk to from that class. That's still, awesome. Which that's, is cool. That's awesome. That's really great. That makes me really happy. I'm good. Happy. Um, where can people find you? Where can they hear your stuff? See your stuff. Uh, it's the funniest videos. They have oh, to find thank you. you. Um, yes, I'm on Instagram, <laughs> obviously, and Twitter. Um, my Instagram is tall Gillozeri, because I'm not tall. <laughs> and Gillozeri was taken. <laughs> um, and Gillozeri on Twitter. And also, um, yeah, I'm Black AF on Netflix um, and Big Mouth um, season four, which came out recently um, on Netflix as well. Um, so you can check that stuff out. Amazing. Cool. Thank you for that's having me. That's it, guys. That's, that's the episode. Go check out all of our other episodes. We have so many fun ones that recently came out that I would love for you to check out. Maybe you were busy over the holidays. Maybe you weren't. I don't know. And if you want to see the video of this and our beautiful faces, please sign up for our Patreon. Uh, I might drop some other special stuff there, and we might we might drop merch there. I don't know. I'm teasing it. I'm teasing it right now, Ellen. Uh, but don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, hire me. I don't know. Email me. Love you. Bye. Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of 
Steele, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you. 